listening to the Modern Horrors Podcast Network. to the 63rd episode of Final Girls Horrorcast, the show where we discuss some of the horror, thriller, and sci-fi movies currently available on your favorite streaming sites. I'm Amy. And I'm Carly. On today's episode, we are continuing our celebration of 2017 horror releases by discussing the poll winners from last week, Raw and Get Out. For you new listeners, we are a spoiler-heavy podcast, so continue at your own risk. Raw is currently streaming on Netflix, and Get Out is available on HBO Go and HBO Now. So feel free to check these out before continuing with the episode. But before we jump into these films, let's get started with a segment that we like to call... Trailer Trash Talk. So today we're going to do two trailers because we decided not to do a social media question this week. It was too difficult. It was too last minute. So we just didn't do one. Um, so we're going to do two trailers to, to try to fill up some time. We also have more trailers than we usually do. Uh, so why not grab hold of those while they're out? Trailer overload. So, uh, why don't you introduce the first trailer, Carly? Oh, good. Yeah. The first trailer we're going to be <laughs> chatting about today, uh, Slender Man, due for release May 18th, directed by Sylvan White, who did Stomp the Yard, written by David Burke and Victor Surge. The IMDb summary is Slender Man tells the story of a tall, thin, horrifying figure with unnaturally long arms and a featureless face who is reputed to be responsible for the haunting and disappearance of countless children and teens. What do you think about this one? Well, as I've said on previous episodes, I'm not really into the Slender Man thing. I think it's kind of a little after my time kind of thing. Uh, Did you watch the documentary uh, that on I- HBO? I did. It was fine. I, t- I thought it was like, I don't know. I don't really get the whole Slender Man thing. Like, I, I know there's I. a video game and I know that some girl killed her friend because she's crazy. I just don't really know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't really get. Was it just me or was this trailer about absolutely nothing? Like, the trailer was weird. I got, I got nothing, like no things from this trailer. I'm trying to figure out why there's so much like ring, like ring imagery in the sure. trailer. It's like it looks like the ring. I thought I was watching a trailer for the ring at first because <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, look, mealworms and black and white, weird, disturbing images." I mean, even in the IMDb summary, there's no story here. No, it's just what Slender Man is. I don't fucking care. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I, I this trailer, this summary, I I have no interest. I'm sure some people are going to be really into it though. Sure. It I, it might be kind of like gruesome. It looks like it might be kind of gruesome, to be honest. Like uh, surprisingly gruesome. I thought it would be more. I don't know, teeny yeah. bopper ish. I guess. 
Because that's what I think of when I think of Slender Man is I think of like teenagers. I just think of crazy teenagers because of that documentary. I mean, that girl was just nuts. It has nothing to do with Slender Man. She was just a fucking it, crazy exactly. person. She yeah. was just crazy. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, will I see it? If it's streaming, I'll watch it. I don't, yeah, I will. I will not go out of my way to watch this movie. I don't think unless it's someone's like, you have to see it. It's so good. I mean, maybe then I'll go see it. I just I'm not interested off the bat. The, the I don't know, people said that about a lot of other movies that I was really lazy about seeing, so I don't know if I would, like, do that for Slender Man. I don't know. What else is coming out in May? Not much. True, true. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Not much that we've covered, anyway. Fair point. Maybe I'll be bored. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else to do. Yeah. All right. Well, our second trailer that we have here is Truth or Dare. With an April 27th release date, it's directed by Jeff Wadlow, who directed Kick-Ass 2, and it's written by Jillian Jacobs, Michael Rezes, and Christopher Roach, and Jeff Wadlow. Um, The IMDb summary is, A harmless game of truth or dare among friends turns deadly when someone or something begins to punish those who tell a lie or refuse the dare. This kind of looks ridiculous. It's weird. I it, people have been talking about this all week. I don't. I don't know. Is it because I, like Lucy Hale's in it? I feel like that's really the only push that we have with this movie. I don't think people are necessarily saying good things. I've just been like the buzz on social media is people are kind of shit talking it. Gotcha, gotcha. I think because it looks like I don't know a bunch of a bunch of tropes thrown into a bucket and like stirred up and then poured out for your amusement. Yeah, I the was... photograph thing where it's like cross off each teenager as they die in the photograph. Very final no one, destination. What teenagers have physical photographs anymore? I've, <laughs> that doesn't exist. I call bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're taking a photography class. I don't know. I don't. It's a giant <laughs> photograph too. I'm like, it I haven't is. seen a giant photograph uh, since I went to my grandma's house. Like nobody has giant <laughs> photographs anymore. So and then, funny. And then there was, like, I don't know. The whole beginning was very, it follows. Mm -hmm. Like, why are they in an abandoned, like, room? Like, very... In Mexico, right? Weren't they, like, supposed to be, like... Spring Were break is like I feel like I, I feel like Lucy Hill's like ever since we got back from Mexico things have been weird. So I feel like that kind of makes like sets up the premise that like that first truth or dare situation was like oh, when they were on holiday or whatever. Oh maybe and that guy is just that guy's very it follows I'm just going to yeah. do it with all of you and give yeah. you this disease. <laughs> have fun <laughs> playing the game for the next 2 hours. Yeah. It just looks like a lot of tropes. Although I will say it looks way more gruesome. Again, I think these movies both look pretty gruesome for something that I would consider to be more of a teenage horror type film. So I feel like that's just the direction that we're going. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's very like Final Destination. It follows like yeah. had a baby that had three arms or something. I just made that up. Do you okay. like it? I'll go with it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really inter- interested in either of these or care no. about either of these, honestly. No, I was watching both of them like, well, <laughs> not going to have much to say today. Yeah. You know, I picked two thinking, oh, that'll take up some time. Luckily, I have a lot to say about the movies we're covering today. So we can just move on and go go there. Phenomenal. So, yeah. All right. The first movie that we are going to talk about, chosen by you, our listeners, 
uh, 2017's Raw, written and directed by Julia DeCorno. Yeah? No? Yes. DeCorno. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> the IMDb summary is when a young vegetarian undergoes a carnivorous hazing ritual at vet school, an unbidden taste for meat begins to grow in her. So you were you've been dreading watching this movie and Super the dread, dreading it. And the dread has been growing. The dread was um, real. I feel like some of that's my fault. Um and I and I'm regretting I'm I'm regretting even bringing it up. No, I've been dreading this before you. I saw this okay. trailer like last year at Beyond Fest. I almost went to go see it at Beyond Fest, but like I knew better in my gut that like this was not a movie for me. But Carly, um, in our early episodes, we did a trailer trash talk on this and I you know. were down. I was down, but there's a reason why I didn't see it. I'm down if like I'm like super into it and like I will like go out of my way to see this movie. I could have seen this movie like last October, but I didn't because I knew I knew I knew that this probably like just wasn't this is just going to miss like not. I don't know. It's the animal thing. It's the animal thing. Carly has a hard time with it. If you're a new listener, it's 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 a common discussion we have. I Carly had a traumatic has a hard experience <laughs> a while ago. That's literally like. I am super, super sensitive to animal things. Oh, did to you give really? you, I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't no. know that you had like a yeah. A, there's a, a legit I have a thing. little bit of PTSD <laughs> with oh, animal okay. situations. Uh, if you are a new listener, to give you an idea, I literally had a panic attack watching the last Twilight movie when like one of the wolves gets like the CGI super CGI wolves like get their neck snapped. Like this is just not an easy, just not an easy thing for me. I didn't realize that it was like yes. It's actually a where, like, result. a lot of my anxiety stems from, to be honest. I just, I honestly didn't know it was a result of, like, a human experience. I thought it was just, like, you are such a fucking animal, animal lover. lover. <laughs> yeah. So I apologize. I'm sure that also has something to do with it, but. Yeah. Oh, um, I thought you did. That's okay. Um, tr- trigger so, warning, I guess. Sorry. No worries. Um, it's our so listeners' yeah, this- fault. I'm just blaming them for it. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> <laughs> when I was writing my notes, I was like, I hate everyone that voted for this movie. <laughs> oh. But I'm kidding. I don't hate you. Um, I just didn't watch a lot of it. I was like, I had my notebook up for, you know, any... Oops. Do you hear Leia squeaking? It's fine. It's okay. Fine. Um, so, yeah. Like, let's let's jump into it. But how... Okay. So, you've been dreading it. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to kind of explain what you see and don't see to try to maybe help help you for it like help i guess prime you for what was going to happen um i don't know if that helped you at all but was it kind of just like when i saw the horse like i just didn't really watch what was going on sure and then like but the dog thing kind of got me from out of nowhere when they're like when she's like stabbing the german shepherd yeah I was like, okay, I'm just going to go get something to drink. Yeah, um, it was it The hard thing is is like no re- no animals are really hurt. It's just there's I am so aware of that. It's not It's yeah. like, you know, like your That's brain was, makes it worse than like sure, it really is. Sure, it's like but, one of those things. Well, and it's one of those things where I I didn't like I guess no 
the animals are the, the things that happen to animals is they're already dead or they're happening to help them, not hurt them. Sure. So like it's it's veterinary school. So yeah, I just want to know stuff, what the fuck kind of veterinary school this is. It's a French veterinary school. Apparently, this is not uh, that far fetched, Carly. Apparently, hazing rituals in French veterinary schools have been kind of crazy for a while. And Seriously? hazing. Hazing in French schools in general is actually pretty brutal. And up until 1998, there was no laws against it. So I guess in 1998, a bunch of laws got passed to to make it illegal, I guess, to haze. But it's still it's still an issue. It's still happening. Um, so I, I, I don't think this is as far-fetched as you might think it is. It's just so bizarre. Like, why – if you're, like, going to school to, like, take care of and help animals, like, why are you wanting to eat raw livers – of bunny livers and like throw blood all over each other and like do all this really weird stuff but i, I don't guess know. hey hazing I, <laughs> to toughen sure. you up i guess i mean you when you're a vet you're gonna see some gruesome shit and you're gonna have to i guess deal with it i don't know i don't i'm not saying it's right i'm just saying maybe that's like the thought process behind it um and like I, where were the like uh professors and teachers and admins like when all this shit was like there was just so much stuff going on i think that it was just widely accepted the professor was just as bad as the students were if not worse i didn't really understand that to be honest um i didn't get it really didn't do anything for the story it was just this really weird scene that i was confused by i i just think it the professor being a jerk to her was just a way to push her towards feeling outside of her comfort zone because she's very smart and has been kind of put on this pedestal her whole life and to have no safety and no one telling her she's doing a good job is probably just part of it Mm -hmm. part of pushing her towards becoming this more um evolved person of herself i don't know evolved is the right word actually but I mean, she's definitely going through an evolution. Yeah, definitely. I just don't know if it's like a a better one. Uh, No, (laughs) it's just a different one. And fuck Um, that sister too, by the way, for like knowing that this would happen to her if she ate meat. Yeah, I actually like liked the sister's character, Mm -hmm. but yeah, like I don't know. So, so did you like? Did you like this movie at all? Did you find merit in it? It was fine. It was not my favorite. I. I don't know. I don't really have, like, I didn't by any means think it was a bad movie. It just, like, wasn't for me. Like, yeah, just, like, the the premise. I didn't really think anything was, like, other than obviously, like, being bothered by animal stuff. Like, I didn't, the hair thing didn't bother me. Like, when she was throwing up her hair, it was confusing, but it didn't bother me. Um, her, like, eating the, like, nothing really, like, grossed me out, except for, like, obviously, like, the animal stuff. But um what was the deal with the hair thing because she i mean she was like eating her hair there shouldn't have been like that much of it throwing up was it because she ate someone (laughs) was that the thing no she didn't eat anyone at that point that's what i I thought i think it's just more symbolic than anything else okay um a lot of the trauma type stuff that happens to her i think is kind of dreamy and i wonder if it's like supposed to be gotcha Either a hallucination, exaggeration of what's actually happening, or um, it's just straight symbolism. Uh, the that I agree that scene is um, 
seems kind of out of nowhere. Um, it's, and, and it the, comes right after the teacher scene too, which I already kind yeah. of was off, thrown off a little bit by. And then sure. all of a sudden she's like throwing up hair. It was just weird. That scene, I, the first time I watched it, I was so distracted by how gross it was. I didn't even really think... Oh, hey, what's that about? Or why? <laughs> yeah, why I was is prepared this for it because someone in the modern horror Slack was like, "That grossed me out." So I was like, "Okay, yeah, well, obviously there's like fucking a Patrick ruining shit." Damn it, Patrick! <laughs> uh, but hey, it got me to think like, "Wait, why is this even happening?" <laughs> that scene, that scene, gross. That scene made me gag. Like I, I physically gagged, and I don't physically gag during movies usually. There's a scene, especially like- with body horror stuff. Like I love body horror. You know me. I love body horror. Yeah. I, I couldn't. That that scene the first time. It's just so long. It takes so long to get through that scene, and she's just gagging, and the hair keeps coming up, and it's it's. I think it's that I've seen it before because a very similar yeah. scene happens in Rings. Yeah, but it doesn't happen for that long, does it? This is like a really long scene. I don't know. There was a lot of very prolonged scenes in this movie. Not yeah. in a bad way, but like they definitely like kept things going for longer than I think the normal. Yeah. I think watching this film a second time was, was kind of eye-opening and then um, – Listening to Julia DeCorno talk about the film um, helped me to understand some of the shit. I don't know, just little things. I really enjoyed listening to to her explain um, certain certain things of the film. I the interview I I mainly watched and did my research on was um, a Q and A she did at the Film Society at Lincoln Center. Um, it's easy to find on YouTube if you're interested in watching it, um, and. I've seen a couple interviews with her. I thought this one was the easiest to understand. I thought the person interviewing her was um, a lot more articulate. There are a couple people <laughs> interviewing her that I'm like, you're not even making any sense. Like, <laughs> like you're doing a terrible job interviewing her. Um, and also, she's French, so she has a heavy accent. So it's like, I don't know, it's just easier to understand her in this interview. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- there was a couple things she did. I just want to mention a couple of the things she said. Um, the first thing. Uh, that I thought really was really interesting. There's a there's a scene in this film which is probably my favorite scene in the entire movie when she's standing in front of the mirror and dancing, yeah, and putting on red lipstick. And that song is yes. like the most out of nowhere, like crazy <laughs> yes. rap <laughs> French rap song. I had no idea it existed. Um, she was uh, the uh, girl interviewing. Uh, Julia said, you know, that's not a real song, right? That was made for the movie. She's like, oh, no, that's a real song. <laughs> Apparently, it's by this band called The Ortiz, O-R-T-I-E-S. And it's two sisters um, who actually have this band. And it's like a rap, gothic, rock fusion band is how she described it. Amazing. Um, which, okay, I'm already in. Yeah. <laughs> Count me in. And she said, basically... All of their music is uh, women, is them, obviously women, Yeah. basically rapping about men the way that men rap about women, uh, or have traditionally rapped about women. So I just thought it was really interesting. Like, the, the rap is, like, it's like hardcore rap. Like, it's like the, the lyrics are insane. I love that they have the lyrics on the yeah, screen. Yeah, that they say it. Or they... Because you're like, holy shit. <laughs> 
Because you wouldn't know. You'd just be like, she's just dancing in front of this mirror to this yeah. song. No, those, those lyrics so are. They're so important. They're so relative to the scene. <laughs> they really are. They're super important and they're super um, striking. Um, so I just love that she chose that song for that scene because it's so perfect. Because basically totally. the whole movie, Justine's cannibalism is basically the same as her like budding sexuality i guess she's um her animalism is kind of like it's on a sexual side of the spectrum i guess yeah (laughs) she's there's definitely a sexual awakening happening within her and it's definitely connected to cannibalism so i don't know i just really liked this this image of her because she seems so uncomfortable at first kind of dancing and then she just like really gets into it and starts like making out with herself in the mirror and putting on this like red lipstick and smearing it on her face so it looks like blood like it's just i don't know why i just fucking love that scene so much i watched (laughs) it like three times i'm like i love this scene so much i just want to like listen to this song and watch this scene like over and over yes i love it That's awesome. So good. So I just thought that was really funny. And Julia DeCorno was saying that she chose this song because, you know, not only is it two sisters, uh, but she also finds it like super feminist because it's like just women rapping about men the way men rap about women. And I watched the music video too to this uh, song. And it's like, it's so funny because it's, it's these women like just walking on the side of the road, like in the woods, dressed all crazy and like just a man just like standing there like undressing and like following them around like a puppy it's just really <laughs> it's just really interesting to watch i i enjoyed it i'm intrigued I, i'll have to I watch rec- it i'll have to check I it out i recommend the uh, music video <laughs> maybe i'll link it in case anyone wants it in the show notes please do okay we'll do thank you so there was that and then i also uh the interviewer asked julia a really interesting question which is uh she asked why adrian is gay because he seems to have such an intense relationship with justine and he she was wondering why bother doing that um and julia de corno responded that he's gay because she wanted his gaze and interest in justine to not be sexualized and remove a sexual element between them because she wanted the love to be real and the the reliance on each other to be real and she didn't want like sex to be necessarily a part of that but it Um, was a part of it it was for julia or not for julia it was for uh justine it wasn't for him um their relationship seemed weird to me like not at the beginning the beginning it made sense Towards the end, I would have, like, if I was him, like, I would have peaced out. <laughs> well, he can't peace out. They're roommates. That's true. <laughs> They're, like, I don't know. The way it was kind of written, I agree that that relationship was weird. But I also think, like, it's kind of realistic. I don't, um, I, I, I like how the sexual element for... Adrian was really just to help Justine. He didn't he didn't want to have sex with her. He wanted to help her and he thought that was like the best way to do it. Um uh it's just to me is very interesting. I it's an interesting character. It's an interesting choice um for a relationship for like a central relationship. Yeah. I really liked him as a character. She said that he was the easiest to write for. Um 
for her. I guess that, I mean, that makes sense. He's the most He seems human. really natural, yeah. He just seems like a real person. Yeah, he seems the most human. I mean, Justine and and, and Alex are just animals, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Justine evolves into an animal. She was never really very likable to begin with, in my opinion, though. No. I so. definitely, I liked the sister more than I liked her. You liked you liked Alex more than you liked Justine? Yeah. Well, how is that possible? I don't Alex know, is a terrible was person. Really boring. She, I, I totally agree with you. She's an absolutely horrible person, especially when I thought back about how she knew that making her sister eat this thing would turn her into this other thing. Um, I want to know why they put down the dog if they knew that all the like that Justine ate the finger. I think it wasn't really up to them. I don't think it was up to anybody to put down the dog. I just wouldn't have said anything. If, like, yes, but they're going to say, where did the finger go? <laughs> they had to say, come up with a reason why the finger just fucking disappeared. I don't know. I would have made something up. <laughs> rather than have <laughs> they my did. D- They did make my... something up. It just wasn't what something you would make different. up. Something <laughs> different. Don't put the well, dog think- down. I don't think anyone thought they would actually put down the dog. I don't think Justine thought they would actually put down the dog for that. I mean, she was obviously upset when they decided to do that. Yeah. Because Justine has like a serious connection with animals and really cares about animals. Um, I don't know. I don't think that was like a conscious choice on her part. Like that was just what she came up with. Like, oh, there's a dog here. I can just blame this on the dog. <laughs> you know, it's like farting and blaming it on the dog, except, you know, you're eating a finger. <laughs> it's the same thing, right? <laughs> so funny. So, um, I don't know. I thought this was really interesting. I thought it was cool that we have a story. We have a story from the point of view of a cannibal instead of, like, I don't know making them inhuman i like how this humanizes cannibals because cannibals are humans uh it's just an interesting uh way to go about storytelling um this is julia de corno's first film like first full-length film i think it's fucking awesome i'm stoked to see more from her um we're always down for female writer directors i'm always down for it i'm always happy and i like that this film kind of, it doesn't um, shy away from brutality or, I don't know. I, I really liked it. I thought it had a, lo- a good message. It had a lot to say. Um, it was uncomfortable. It was interesting. It was thought-provoking. Uh, all in all, I, I think it's a g- great film uh, and worth watching. Unless you have weird aversions, or not weird aversions, but aversions to animal <laughs> cruelty. <Amy>. <laughs> Sorry, not weird. It's not weird. Unless you have aversions to animal issues, <laughs> then maybe steer clear. Carly, thank you for watching this, even though I'm sure it was dif- difficult for you. Of course. I'm Anything sure our listeners, <laughs> I'm sure our listeners are, are happy to, to hear your thoughts on it. Is there anything you'd like to add? No. I'm trying to think, because I feel like there's definitely a lot of thoughts that I had while I was watching it. Do you want to talk about the Brazilian scene? That doesn't have anything to do with animals. <laughs> The Brazilian scene? Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to think of even what I could say about that. <laughs> uh, that scene, I thought that scene was one of the more difficult scenes to watch. Really? That seems, yeah, it seems pretty gruesome. She. Okay, I'm sorry. If you have scissors next to someone's genitalia, I'm going to freak out a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, and she did, and that's how her sister lost her finger. Fuck. 
Those scissors were fucking sharp, Seriously, man. Seriously. <laughs> what kind of scissors did they have? <laughs> my fabric cutting scissors, I don't think, would just like whoop, take off my finger just like that. Finger gone. Peace out, finger. Although I will tell you, I got a new knife the other day for Christmas. The other day. I got a new knife yeah. for Christmas. And I was cleaning it with a sponge and I cut the sponge in half like three times. I was like, oh. That is a knife. That makes sense. But it's these were just like scissors knife. that she just looked like she had laying around her house. I agree, but did you like the cow butt scene? Was that your favorite? My favorite. I was like, this is so real. Get <laughs> so in there. Much, so much poop. I like that she was just like, give me just one second. <laughs> give me one second. I'm elbow deep in cow And anus. Jesse's like, come on. I just want to talk to you. And she's like, okay, like, I'm busy. <laughs> I did like the peeing on the roof scene. That made me giggle. It, it, made, made, it made their relationship seem more human and normal and crazy and but it made it more strange when it went the other way pretty suddenly after that i mean there's a lot of their relationship yeah their relationship's very up and down and there's things that alex does that just are so awful yeah like why would she just completely humiliate her sister with the dead body I don't know. And why was there a dead body at the school? I was wondering like, the same it's thing. A, it's a veterinary school. Why is there dead human bodies? I don't know. That scene was really weird. Yeah, as a cadaver. I don't know. It made me question donating my body to science. I don't want anyone uh, tempting cannibals with my hand while I'm dead. It could very well happen. It could happen. I know. You never know. You don't. You have no control. You're dead. It's true. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Okay. Let's go on. Okay, so our next film is Get Out, written and directed by Jordan Peele. The IMDb summary is, it's time for a young... I hate this IMDb summary, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to read it anyway, but it's I fucking hate it. I'm just... I'm, before I finish, hate She it. hates it. <laughs> it's time for a young African-American to meet with his white girlfriend's parents for a weekend in their secluded estate in the woods. But before long, the friendly and polite ambiance will give way to a nightmare. It's the worst fucking IMDb summary I think I've ever read in my life. A young African-American? Like, not even, like, man or no? It's, it's just, I don't know. You don't get don't that. Like, <laughs> I don't like the way it's written. It bothers me. This movie's so good. I haven't, like, like I said in the last episode, I haven't seen this movie in a really long time, and holy shit, I, it's so good. I haven't seen this movie since, since I saw it when it came out, I right. think. Well, yeah, that's what we said last week, that we, neither of us have. Yeah. It's so good. It's, it's so good. And I love, this is, like, another one of those movies that, like, you really pick stuff up more the second time that you see it. Yeah. Um, I don't think I ever really paid attention to the music, uh, the score, the first time I saw it. But the mm. score in this movie is fucking phenomenal. It's really good. Um, it's really good. So good. And I don't know. There's just like a lot of like little things that I don't feel like I picked up on the first time. There definitely are a lot of details. Like I... I really give it to Jordan Peele because he did a really good job. Um, he did a really good job with the um, with the details here. Like, there's a lot of specifically placed items and um, framing that's really important. 
um, that I I knew I recognized it the first time, but I think I could grasp it more the second time I mm-hmm. watched it. And I think the best part of watching this a second time is to is knowing the twist. Um, so you can really. I thought it was scarier the second time because I I knew what was happening and yeah. I could you can fucking feel the pain in in Georgina and Walter's face. Yes. You know, Those like two. especially Georgina. Holy cow. It's yeah, that scene with her, she's like crying. Yeah. And like her eyes are saying so strongly one thing and the rest of her body is saying a very completely different thing. I don't know how you accomplish that. But like two or three characters in this movie very well do this very, very well. Yeah. And it's so effective. Um seriously, seriously amazing to watch. Whenever a nosebleed happens, it's like the best uh acting that I think I've seen in a long time. I totally agree. I loved when I was like researching for this. Uh Jordan Peele was just inspired by so many different things. And I I mm-hmm. like you can really see it. Like the North by Northwest, the first scene was like very Halloween heavy. But mm-hmm. like it like is one of those things that you can you can definitely see the inspiration, but it's not like, oh, that's like a ripoff. You know what yeah, I mean? Like very he small really, homages. Yeah. yeah. He really like, takes even just, it and makes it his own. Yeah, even just one of the characters being named Roman. Yeah. Like automatically makes most people think of Rosemary Rosemary's baby. Mm-hmm. At least it makes me think of Rosemary's baby. It makes like me any think time because no one names their character Roman unless they're making <laughs> making a reference to Rosemary's baby. 99% of the time like little things uh little h- horror references and we all know Jordan Peele's a huge horror mm-hmm. fan um so I just always love it when you know your horror director is super into what they're doing um I don't know I just I just love it uh yeah but I don't even think I I noticed or thought of the Halloween reference at the beginning so that's very uh very good yeah Carly. like the perfect white neighborhood that. was kind of like his thing Sure, like, I totally, I see it now that you say it. Yeah. Or, like, um, when he used Silence of the Lambs, like, the interview between, like, uh, Hannibal Lecter and Clarice Mm. as inspiration for when uh, Chris and the mom are having their back and forth. Like, just, like, those, those, you know, tight close-ups. Yeah. Yeah. Very smart. Super cool. And, it like, it's so effective. Yeah. It's so effective. This movie, um, he said that, like, when he was making it, like, he wanted you to feel like you were Chris. Like, you're in this situation. This is happening to you. And, like, you can really feel that. He did such a great, amazing, like, that's why this movie is, like, so, so, so successful is that, like, you really feel, you really feel like you are in, like, everybody's kind of just, like, staring at you. And you're like, this is weird. (laughs) It makes me feel Well, and can I say, like, as a white woman who tries to be (laughs) aware of social issues um like i really connected to rose's character and then at the end i felt like i was stabbed in the heart and like felt like (laughs) like (laughs) such a shitty person Because the whole movie, you're like, yeah, yell at that police officer. Yeah, stick up for your boyfriend. Yeah, fuck those guys. And then you're like, oops. Oh, fuck. She just didn't want any paper trail. <laughs> There's a reason why he didn't. she didn't want God his ID. Damn. It hurts, though, doesn't it? She's fucking crazy. Fuck. So good. She is it's like, so, it's so it's funny. It's so well done. I feel like we talked about this because we talked about this movie a little bit when it when we first saw it. 
Um, and I'm pretty sure I said this, like she, I watched girls and she is my least favorite character on girls. And so when I saw her, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, fine. But she plays this character. She nails Rose. Like she's she just, does. she's so good. She does. She does a really good job. I really liked the end when she's talking to Rod on the phone. It's just like, and she's just straight faced, no, no emotion on her face whatsoever. And just like what's coming out of her mouth does not match her face at all it's (laughs) It's so good good. it's so good like and i i really especially loved how when uh chris find when chris finds the pictures towards the end of the film and he's flipping through and she's he sees her with all of the uh black relationships she's had interracial relationships she's had and then he finds this one picture of her like in costume you know she's obviously been acting a very long time totally (laughs) you know there was a great little ad in there it really was like her little like she's got a child picture and then her on the stage and then all of these basically like and woman that she had relationships with yep and that georgina picture at the end oh so good yeah so so good because it could have been anybody, you know, it could have been any of the characters that we'd seen, but it was, it was her. And mm-hmm. it just, I don't know why, but just hits you more because you see the pain in her face that, I don't know. Because you know that Jeremy, Rose's brother, is also bringing in people. Mm-hmm. So you, I don't know, you automatically think, okay, so he's he the one because he's fucking in. crazy. So he's yeah. the one that like puts you in a chokehold and then throws you in the trunk and brings you in. Yeah. 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 Rose is well, like, a little bit more mental. Well, like that Jim Henson character, the the guy that's supposed to be going into Chris's body or his brain's going into the Chris's body. guy. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as we saw with him talking to Chris, you know, when Chris is strapped down at the end, he says, you know, uh, you're luck. You're one of the lucky ones. I hear it's not as great when when Jeremy gets you or whatever. You know, like he's not as kind. But it's like, no. I think what Rose is doing is way worse. Way worse. Than what Jeremy's doing, <laughs> like, like hers is manipulative and like emotion filled yeah. and just like it's really fucking cruel. She'll make you fall in love and then rip you heart out. I'd rather be bashed over the head and it be over with. Um than to be th- go through this like roller coaster of emotion dealing with this shit, but I don't know. I just liked it. I also uh, the second time around like really like fixated on this shot towards the beginning when we see Chris and they're like right after the car accident happens mm-hmm. and you like see a shot of his shoes and he's got blue shoelaces. Um, I was like, that's got to be a thing. I had to like look up, okay, what does blue shoelaces mean? Because I forgot. I don't know all the fucking like weird Doc Martin shoelace things. But <laughs> it's blue means that you uh, may have killed a cop or that you are like an anti-racist. So, Well, they also definitely bring very in heavy in the like garden party scene or whatever too he's him and andre are the only people like he's wearing a blue shirt andre has a blue stripe on his hat everybody else is either wearing black so it's like to represent like a funeral like chris's death or red which is supposed to be like democrat republican oh got you yeah i definitely like when all the cars are coming in for the party it definitely looked like a funeral procession Mm -hmm. like there's so many like black lincoln cars like just driving up you know um and like and all the chairs yeah um all the chairs are black like it definitely looks like a funeral yeah um 
I loved, I didn't realize the first time that I saw the movie, why when Georgiana or whatever, Georgina, Georgina. is um, pouring Chris's iced tea, she like has that moment. And it's because yes. like the mom accidentally clinks the teacup. And I didn't realize that until this time. I was like, oh, they're hinting at the teacup thing early on. I totally like missed that. Oh, the first I don't time think I saw I noticed it. that. I didn't notice that that might have been the trigger. I just kind of thought she was fighting it. That's what I thought, too. But it's because she, like, clinks it. And so she kind of, like, zones out for a second while she's pouring it. Very, very cool. Good catch. Good catch. I was like, ooh, Um, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. It's just really good. It's, like, really makes you think about things. Um, there's just like so many like little innuendos like when he like picks the cotton out of the yes tr- like the the armchair like there's just like so many small things like that like it's no wonder why there's like they made college courses about like dissecting this movie after it came out yeah the the picking cotton thing um was something that i caught the first time around i was like oh shit yeah <laughs> like wow um I don't know. And like the whole party, they're treating Chris like he's an animal in the zoo, uh, you know, like touching him and like poking him, prodding him, mm-hmm. uh, making him or asking him to do a f- golf swing. <laughs> golf swing thing was fucked up. It's just more fucked up the second time you watch it because you understand why why everything that's happening is happening. It just makes it more fucked up, not like less fucked up. Yeah. Did you see, um, you know, how, like, when uh, they're having dinner at the beginning and the brother, like, asks him about, like, his, like, UFC and his fighting style and he's talking about jujitsu and, like, thinking three moves ahead. And then, like, later we have him attacking Chris and, like, it takes him, like, one time opening the door, two times opening the door and, like... Jeremy responds in the same way with, like, kicking the door that, like, he knows the third time he's going to do it and, like, he's going to stab him. It, like, yeah. like brings in, like, that full circle. Like, he thinks sure. three moves ahead. Like, there's just so many smart things about this movie that I feel like every time you watch it, you can, like, catch more. And it's just, like, so brilliant. I love it. Yeah. I agree. It's it's really, really – I don't know. The second time watching it is better than the first. 100% for agree. Me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I just really fucking love it. It's really, really good. Same. It's so good. Um, 10 out of 10. I don't know. The whole futuristic slavery thing is just insane to me. Like, I, I it's very, it's almost Black Mirror, you know, because there's like, it's got a very futuristic feel to it at the end, um, even though they're using like an old TV and like, I don't know. I don't know. There's like a. I love that old TV with like, oh man. How do you even get a TV to, like, play video like that? <laughs> like, an old TV like that to do it? How do you hook Science. it up to things? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And it's like how the the mom uses... Um, it seems like they're using traumatic memories um, to weaken Chris. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're really she's drawing out information from him to find something that she can trigger to make him feel weak yeah. uh, and vulnerable so she can kind of take over his brain. Like, it's really interesting how we got white people taking advantage of black people and their struggle to, like, make them weaker and to, like, 
take over them. Like, it's really, I don't know. It's really fucking smart. It's a really smart way to tell this story. Um, and to kind of open, open eyes to, to things. Uh, I just, I don't know. It's really smart. (laughs) It's really fucking smart. It's really good writing. Um, yeah. I didn't realize that when, like, they hit the deer at the beginning, two things. I mean, obviously, it, like, brings up the, like, that's kind of where we start the hit and run motif with his mom. But then also that, like, obviously, like, Chris is very affected by this. Rose is not. Like, that's kind of also, like, sets the scene for, like, foreshadows a bit. And also Rose at the end being the woman he leaves behind bleeding on the side of the road yep. after getting shot like it's it's uh comes like full circle he it comes full circle and he's able to just walk away because he's not able to walk away from georgina you learned his fucking lesson though when he walks away from rose yes so good really good really smart really well thought out um obviously obviously a lot of attention was paid to that uh i also kind of like how Rose is listening to Time of My Life at the end when she's eating her cereal and drinking her giant glass of milk. Separately. Keeping yes. keeping the white and the colors separate. Yep. Yeah. She's like, you like know. Like the terrible person she is. <laughs> there's a little bit of a dirty dancing aspect to it, you know? Like, the boy... The boy that the family doesn't um, take in, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, it's just funny. It's just smart. Everything is just really deliberate and well-placed and um, obviously a lot of detail, attention to detail from Jordan Peele here. Rod is my favorite. We haven't talked about him at all. And I need to bring him up because I love him. <sighs> I don't really love Rod. I love Rod. <laughs> Sex slaves. I- I thought that he was he was good um, for what he was in terms of like I don't know comic relief I guess love him because um, I think the was, movie's so he heavy that like you need it and I don't think his stuff was like over the top I feel like it's just like a crazy best friend yeah and that dog was adorable and alive the dog was adorable. <laughs> I did like the police scene, like when Rod goes <laughs> <Yeah>. to the police. <laughs> that was pretty funny. And he's just like trying just... to like explain what he thinks is happening, and they just like laugh in his face. They're like, "Oh, that was good. That was good." But I also like how it kind of plays. This movie plays with race in an interesting way, in that like there's certain things that happen where you're like, "Okay, this is gonna go bad." But it a good example of what I'm trying to say is at the end when we see the police car roll up and it opens and instantly I thought that's a cop and he's going to get shot and this is going to be a night of the living dead ending, you know, so happy that it wasn't. And, and it's not, but the fact that your brain goes there is the point. Yeah. You know, like the fact that you're thinking that is the whole point of the movie. Yeah. Really. Like to make you think things on your own without actually having the resolve in the film that you think it's going to have. I just think that's really like, I don't know. It's pretty fucking brilliant because that was going to be an ending, right? That was one, that was the one of the alternative endings yeah. was that um, 
it was that the cops were going to come out and, and take Chris, uh, beat, beat Chris up or whatever. I'm glad they didn't go that way because your brain already goes there. Mm-hmm. You don't need to actually see it. Um, the job is done. You know, your brain already did what it needed to do in that in that scenario. It's fucking smart. I really, really. And the other thing I was thinking is like the cop scene is you're thinking, okay, this is a a black female police officer. Yeah. Maybe she will believe him and help him, you know? But of course she's not going to fucking believe or help him. (laughs) He sounds crazy. He's talking about (laughs) sex slaves. But that's where your brain goes instantaneously is you're like, you know, as you think like, oh, well, maybe this will work out. Nope. No, Rod, Rod sounds like a fucking yeah, crazy Rod person sounds nuts. every step of the way. Like there's no one's going to fucking believe. It's just shit. so great because it's just like everything that he's saying is just so outlandish and it's just yeah. like accurate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I just think it's funny is that like he just sounds fucking crazy, but like he gets yeah. it. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's on the track. Yep. Oh, oh man. man. So good. Um, very happy uh, that because originally like this Jordan Peele got the idea to write this movie from Eddie Murphy's stand up where he like talks about uh, movies like Poltergeist and like white people continuing continuing to like live in haunted houses for longer than they <laughs> should. And he's like, if me and my right. wife were looking at a house and a, a ghost said, get out. Like, I'd be like, baby, sorry, we can't stay. Like, we gotta get out of here. <laughs> so apparently, like, Eddie Murphy was, like, originally gonna play Chris, but then Jordan Peele was, like, he's too old and decided to, like, recast. And I'm, like, yeah, super happy that they did. too old. <laughs> super happy that that was not yeah. the thing, because... Yeah, that would have been weird. Holy cow, like, Daniel <laughs> Ka- Kaluuya? Is that how you say his last name? Yeah, I believe so. It was phenomenal. He's so good in it. So good. He's so good. Yeah. I don't think I noticed this the first time, but I, I like the almost seems like a random Japanese man at the party. And yeah. I was like, it's like everybody else is, you know, it's like old white person. And then we have this guy. And apparently, like, he is actually uh, a friend of uh, Jordan Peele. He's like a, mm. the father in law of one of his friends. And okay. he is not an actor, but a noted karate master. <laughs> oh. um, they were trying, they like had a casting call where they were trying to find secondary cat- uh, characters and they were having a- an issue finding the old Japanese character. And so they brought him in. Oh, interesting. Uh, I was watching this with Tony and he had an interesting thought, like when we were watching the end. Um, and he's like, did they ever take his blood or make him bleed at some point in the film. And I said, no, why? He's like, because wouldn't that be a big deal when you're doing surgery like this? Like, wouldn't you need to make sure that their uh, bodies would mesh in that way? I was like, oh, that would have been a good addition (laughs) to have, you know, Chris get cut on something and Georgina just helping him wipe it up or something just so they can tell what blood type he was. Like, that would have been of something i guess i mean in theory i guess they could have like taken like any of like the utensils that he had at dinner or like a cup that he had drank off of well that doesn't have your blood on it you wouldn't know someone's blood type sure that's true i don't know i just thought that was an interesting thought like my husband thinks of random things like that i didn't even think about that at all i kind of was thinking something not like to that extent but like what how does this 
how does this surgery work? <laughs> yeah. I guess, like, I don't know. I also thought, um, but, you know, it's a horror exactly, movie. Exactly. Like, that's why I was like, like I'm science just going to let it go. I'm just going to let it go. It's, si- it's science fiction. <laughs> and, I mean, presumably Rose could have gotten that information ahead of time. Yeah, totally. You know, whatever. Um, why do you think that Georgina and Walter are posing as um, as servants if they're really the grandparents? Um, why would why would Granny and Grampy want to want to act as servants to to everybody during the course of the film? I feel like it might have just been a ruse for Chris. Sure, maybe that's not how that they act. Ruse when he's not there, when we're not in this like situation. Like I think Georgina makes a little bit more sense because she. Uh, it gives her access to his room mm-hmm. and kind of reason to be certain places at certain times. Because um, we don't really see, uh, what's his name? Walter. Walter. Yeah, we don't really, like, other than him running, which is probably, I mean, obviously they talk about him missing out on that Olympic uh, trial. Like, so sure. it makes sense that he's just, like, randomly running. running. Um, yeah. But, like, we don't really see him very much throughout the movie. We see Georgina more. Yeah. No, I just mean, like, I just thought it was an interesting choice because it, while I think it's super effective during the course of the film, I think it makes a little less sense after. And I'm just trying to figure out why why would they want to pose as as these servants if they're... You know, I honestly just think it's like an excuse, like, family royalty almost. Like Chris is obviously coming to the house, so it's just it's, it's just, just part of part the, of the and yeah. That's, that's that's actually what I think. I just you know speaking to other people, that was something that bothered some people that I've spoken to because it's like it's, it's more believable to have that be the case than sure. to just have like these two random people living in this house for no reason. Sure. I don't disagree. I just, I'm just asking questions that I've heard other people ask. Um, Yeah, I guess there wouldn't be necessarily a reason. Although, I mean, why couldn't they just like hang out in a hotel down the street or something? Like, what? Because they're in it. They want to be a part of it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, this is like their baby is like having these garden parties and getting people to like bid on their, you know, this is their business essentially yeah you know i did like the wig the wig slash hat thing yeah same you know to hide the lobotomy scars hide the scars you feel like they would have figured out a way to like not have that be so apparent well they have to slice your head open that's true i don't know if there's really any way to avoid a scar from that (laughs) i mean yeah no but i mean like right across because like georgina's is like right like across her forehead off your entire skull you mean more in the hairline? Yeah, that's, yeah. I don't that's know, maybe you have to get through to, like, a certain part of the brain. True, true. Yes. Again, the science. It was cool to look at. <laughs> it, it was cool to look at, and it was, it did give that <laughs> theme, because they all had the hats, or they had the wigs. And, like, yeah. it makes sense that when, like, he sees Georgina looking at herself in the mirror, that she's fixing her bangs to make sure nothing's sure. showing. And and when she catches him looking at her, yeah. she disappears. Yeah. 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 Very, very smart. Everything. This movie. I mean, I feel like we could just talk about this movie for it's hours. It's just really good. It's just, yeah. I mean, watching it every time. I don't know. 
I think it's if you've seen it once, I recommend watching it a second time. Same. I think it's uh, it you get something different out of it uh, a second. Hundred percent. Yep. All right. Well, let's let's get ready to close out. Is there anything going on with you that you'd like to talk about or mention? I saw I Tanya last week, and it was so good. Oh. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> I Tanya about Tanya Harding. Yeah, it's the Margot Robbie okay. like did it. Okay. And it is like. It's super good. If you get a chance, definitely go see it. I don't really have interest in that story. I didn't either. At all. It's so good, though. It's, like, funny. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's really good. I was actually really surprised. I kept on hearing, because I didn't really have any desire to see it either. Um, mm-hmm. But I kept hearing just, like, amazing things about it. And so, finally, I think it was last weekend, I was like, I'm just going to go see this. And I don't regret it. It, it was so good. I really yeah. liked it. Cool. I saw, I think I saw the, I think I saw, I saw The Greatest Showman. I think I saw The Greatest Showman. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I think. How was it? Uh, It was really good. It's not uh, a movie I probably would have seen on my own. Sure. But um, I enjoyed it. Anytime there's anyone singing, I cry. So like, I (laughs) love it. In a musical anyway, I'm very moved by musicals. I don't like watching them because they always make me cry and I don't like it. Like I get upset. I get like mad at myself for crying during musicals. I was kind of thrown (laughs) off by the trailer because I feel like The Greatest Showman is something that I should love, like that I should be super into. But it just felt like, I don't know, it felt kind of like a wannabe Baz Luhrmann experience. I don't know what that Uh, means. Like he did Moulin Rouge and like Romeo and Juliet. Isn't it the same director? I don't think so. I think it is. Whoops. Now I have to look it up. <laughs> look it up. Because I, I that's what it looked like to me when I saw it. I was like, oh, man, is he coming out with something else? And then like. Oh, I thought I thought it was the same director. I just assumed. it looked it looks exactly like it. That's why um, it looks like that same kind of world. No, Michael Gracie. Totally not it's even sort of the same. Oh, and that's why I was that's like, interesting. seems weird. And like. Um, if it was Baz Luhrmann, I'd be totally into it because I love his quirky style and I love like the way that he shoots. It's not that quirky, though. That's what I'm saying. Like it, That's, it, it's a different director. So, No, I just mean like it's it's in the similar style, but it's not as quirky as mm-hmm. as Moulin Rouge's. Um, I thought it was good. I thought that the acting was good. I find Zac Efron very distracting in general. <laughs> Like, anytime he's on screen, I find him very distracting. In what kind of way? His, <laughs> this is going to sound so weird, and I was saying this to Tony's aunt, and she looked at me like I was nuts, and I'm like, I find his eyelashes so distracting. He has extremely full, long lashes. They're curly, and I just, I can't. And those baby like, blues. I, it's not, there's something about his face that upsets me, and <laughs> I don't mean it in a bad way. I can recognize that he's a very handsome man, but there's something about his face that makes me want to punch it. That's so funny. It might have something to do with the eyelashes. I feel horrible saying it, but it's the truth. Amazing. I I don't know why he bothers me. I think he's he seems like a, a perfectly lovely man, but it's just there's something about his whole face that I, f- I find upsetting. It's definitely the eyelashes are part of it, a big part of it. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I don't know if I'll see it in theaters, but I definitely would watch it. Uh, I think you would like it. I, I, think, I think I would too. Someone, I like don't put it past me. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, Hugh, Hugh Jackman's just so I great. I love Hugh Jackman. He's, he's fantastic in, in it. everything. And he does. Uh, Michelle Williams is, I love, love, love her. They're just, she's fantastic. They're, they're both magical people. Yeah, it's it's a good watch. I recommend um, it. I, it. It's not something I would pick, and probably not all of our audience would like it. But if you like musicals, you'll like it. It's it's a good it's a good story, um, and pretty truthful, semi truthful to the real story nice. of uh, with all the singing and dancing. How, how Ringling Brothers started. It's interesting that they come out with this, like when the it's like this. Well, I guess it was last year that the circus mm. kind of like. They hung up their hats, right? Yeah. I saw, uh, I went to the Ringling Brothers Museum in Florida because my parents don't live far from it. Oh, awesome. And uh, so it kind of made the... uh, The watching experience. Retroactively making the museum experience a little bit more interesting. Because when I went, I was like, okay. (laughs) But then after, I was like, oh, that's what that was. (laughs) That's what that was. Because I don't fucking know anything about the fucking circus. Amazing. (laughs) So... It retroactively made that experience more enjoyable. Nice. Um, oh, I liked it. But I, I'm really excited to see Key Fingers this weekend. Probably by the time this airs, I hopefully would have seen it by now. And uh, I just can't wait to see it. I'm hearing good things. I can't wait to see it, too. Also, if you haven't seen Jumanji 2, go see Jumanji 2. I probably it's won't. It's so good. Like, Jack Black steals I, the show. I don't. He's so funny. I find Jack Black kind of annoying. Ugh. It's so good. I love Karen Gillan. I love The Rock. I love Jack Black personally. Chris Hart is hilarious. What's there's a Jonas brother in it if that's your thing. None of those things are my thing. <laughs> it's so fun. None of I saw this, none of those I went to see Jumanji on Christmas. Kevin Hart's pretty cool. And it was like it was so good. <laughs> it just made me so happy. There's a random I... Colin Hanks sighting in there. It was just a lot of fun. I had, I just see it and I shrug. I don't I don't know. Fair enough. Maybe I'm sure I would like it if I watched it. It's just not. It's not something that I'm interested. That's in. fair. It's very. Um, <sighs> if you like video games, because obviously it's like Jumanji. Like <laughs> I don't. Right. I'm. I'm talking to our listeners. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you like video games, there's like a lot of like really funny like little. I don't know. Nods. I guess. I had a great time. I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. I just want to watch more horror movies. I've been watching a lot of horror movies. I am probably going to spend my day today doing just that. Yeah. I'm excited. Going to start some Black Mirror, so maybe we'll be able to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I've been watching some Black Mirror. I watched two episodes yesterday. I watched the first episode twice because I watched it by myself, and then I wanted to watch it with my husband, and he loved it, too. It's really good. So far, so good, as always, to be expected with Black Mirror. I love Black Mirror. I also want to see Shape of Water. I yeah. have not seen that I'm hearing yet. good things about it. It looks beautiful, and that's, like, reason enough yeah. for me. Guillermo del Toro and uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon. What could go wrong? <laughs> Anything Guillermo del Toro does is usually pretty fucking good, Yeah, right? and beautiful. Yep. All right. Anything else to talk <laughs> that's about? That's all I got. <laughs> okay. Oh, also, just to mention, we had our... Um, patreon live stream uh which was our least exciting live stream to date i think sorry about that guys <laughs> we literally just like we, we, we decided we totally to wing it <laughs> we're in la la land the whole time so sorry for anyone that went to that hyper, and was though, bored remember? to tears yeah because you drank a bunch of fucking coffee uh <laughs> 
But uh, the result of that was someone winning our hoodie giveaway, and that was Elizabeth. Woo, woo, woo. So thank you to our listener, Elizabeth. You won. Um, I already got Elizabeth's information. I'll be sending that out soon. Sooner than later, hopefully, to her. Amazing. Sometime in January, I'll order it, Elizabeth. It takes forever. Um, I ordered mine. It does take a long time. I'm still waiting. I haven't gotten my shipping confirmation yet. Yeah, Elizabeth, you'll likely get it in February sometime, <laughs> just so you're aware. You'll still be able to wear it and keep cozy. <laughs> yes. Um. Okay. So thanks to Troy from Cave Bastard for our song sequencing the drone and Jason Link for our amazing logo. Visit FinalGirlsHorrorCast.com for more information on them, to listen to any and all of our episodes, to visit our Patreon website link, to find our Patreon website link, and to visit our shop. Um... Also, we have stickers to give away. If you're interested in getting some stickers, share or rate and review our podcast on iTunes and then send us an email, finalgirlshorrorcast at gmail.com with your address and I'll send some out to you. Final Girls Horrorcast is sponsored by Elizabeth, Mikey H, Nick B, Jonathan W, Black Cat, Miss Tab, and the OT Gourmet Geek. We are available to stream on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Tuned In, and pretty much anywhere else that you can stream a podcast. We are also very active on social media, so please interact with us. You can find us on Twitter at FinalGirlsHC, and Instagram and Facebook, just search for Final Girls Horrorcast. We also invite you to join our Final Girls discussion group on Facebook. You can find the link on our Facebook homepage. Well, thus concludes our 2017 horror celebration. We will be moving on into the future. Into the future, into, into the past. Into the future, into the past. <laughs> Back to the future past. Yes. With, uh, so moving on to different things, we are going to be discussing uh, the Universal Monsters um, and their films um, for the remainder of January, uh, starting with Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. All the movies we're discussing for the remainder of the month are are streaming on Shutter, so if you have Shutter, you should be able to watch them there. Although, if you don't have Shutter, you should be able to go to your local library and rent any any of these that we'll be discussing. Um, you shouldn't have to pay. Like these are classics. These are things that you should be able to watch. I think, and I think thank heavens for our for our library systems and their accessibility. I freaking love libraries. I love libraries so much. Libraries are a great way to watch movies for free. Like, if you don't take advantage of that, you should. It's, you know, skip the red box. Go to your local library. See what they got, you know? They don't just have classic movies. They have new stuff, too. And I lived in Portland because it's insane. Like, <laughs> you're, I used to go to my library, first of all, every weekend. But they can they literally let you check out, like, ten at a time. Like, it's crazy. And yeah. it's yeah. The best. Yeah, you really can do whatever the fuck you want uh, at libraries. Now I want to I'm going to probably awesome. go to the library today because I... I mean, your tax dollars pay for true. it. Why not take advantage of that I shit? freaking <laughs> love the library. Guys, go visit your local library. Just hang out there. I did. I used to do that all the yeah. time and I miss it. It's fun. It's so fun. I love it. Every once in a while, too, our library has like a sale. Like they'll have yes. like they'll rope off a room and you can just like buy a bunch of old used books. So good. That's so much fun, too. I enjoy it. Okay, so <laughs> next week, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. We're, t we're going back to the 30s here. We're doing some classic horror. Stoked. Haven't seen either of these movie films. I've seen Frankenstein. I have not seen Bride of Frankenstein. Super excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to visit these films. So uh, be sure to join us then. Uh, until then, I'm Amy. And I'm Carly. Bye. Bye.